genre. We are celebrating the holidays in August. I, for one, relish this adorably pleasant episode. Welcome to Beyond Geek by Night, where we have been discussing each episode of the Geek by Night podcast leading up to the series finale. On today's show, we'll be discussing the 30th episode, Holiday Special. I am so excited to host this after show for the final Geek by Night Season 1 episode. We're about to go Beyond Geek by Night. I am your host, Matt Bennett. And here is our awesome panel. I'm joined today by the writers and executive producers of this episode. Scott Corelli. Hi. Nick Jimenez. Hello. And Cassandra Fredrickson. Hello. (laughs) Just as a little recap, uh, in this episode, Holiday Special, we have three stories about the underdogs celebrating the winter holidays. Gretchen and Elliot host an eight-night Hanukkah Harry Potter movie marathon. Frustrated with her current circumstances and desperate to fit into the group, Gretchen overexerts herself to impress everyone while there. Gibson is also dealing with the new status quo and has a shockingly pleasant interaction with Max Carmichael at the mall before it's revealed that Max was conspiring with the ire. However, Max decides to instead aid Gibson in saving some innocent bystanders from the ire and his devil's advocates. Back at the comic shop, which is now Joel and Lorelai's new home thanks to recent events causing their lives to fall apart, They remain joyous and are decorating the shop for a holiday party when the overachievers inevitably arrive. Cosmo, Janet, and Madison make their way into the shop, but are thwarted by Joel and Lorelai's pyromaniacal expertise. Eventually, Cosmo reveals that he's only returned to retrieve his father's Christmas sweater, his only heirloom from the man. As the rest of the underdogs arrive, everyone decides to set aside their differences for one night and they make a truce. No one is left outside in the snow, and music fills the air of the comic shop as everyone dances the night away. A moment of joy before they all must confront the reality of their new normal. All right. Mm. Hanukkah yeah. Harry Potter. I just got this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is, that a, is that a real tradition that uh, one of you No, does? I just I, I just remember thinking uh, there's eight of those. I wanted a movie marathon yeah. of some sort. And there's eight nights in Hanukkah. And I was like, well, what has eight movies? And I was like, oh, Harry Potter. I think it took us an embarrassingly long amount of time to figure that out. Yeah. Because you think of Harry <laughs> Potter in seven. Um, True. Warner Brothers didn't. Yeah, Warner Brothers didn't. <laughs> but uh, They settled for uh, eight. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then obviously uh, this was made well before all of the dirty business with uh, Rowling being a, a turf. Um yeah. But, yeah. Which isn't great. But granted, we only say your name once in the episode. So and it's about criticism. So that's good. <laughs> we we didn't know then what we know now. It's At least true. not dared, as much. Not as many examples. Dared to remember the world of winter to 2018. <laughs> when a man could talk to a fish. <laughs> so uh, in, in general, I'd love to hear about what was the inspiration for doing um a holiday special in the first place you know it's pretty different than most episodes well uh i guess to start with we have to talk about the season two that never happened um because this was originally um was going to be like our surprise season two premiere uh and that like we were, we were like okay we're gonna premiere season two on christmas day with a christmas themed episode and it's going to be like our backdoor season two premiere 
Um, like we're at the end, we were going to have like a big announcement at the end of the episode of like, stay tuned in two weeks mm. for a brand new episode or whatever. We were, we're just, we were just really excited about the idea of surprising our listeners at Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. For, yeah. For sticking with us for so long. Right. Right. Sure. Um, so we wrote, I think we started doing that early in like the summer. We were like, okay, this is what we're going to do. And that was the plan. Then I moved to LA. So things fell behind. I started a new job. Things fell behind. And then as, and we were still writing during this process and writing the season two premiere. And I think we wrote, I want to say three scripts, two completed scripts. And then the third one was like in process. And it was at that point that I realized, oh, this isn't going to (laughs) happen. Like it was, it was, I think getting close to, or just past Thanksgiving and mm. it was just like, okay, yeah, I, I, we have to pull the trigger on this. Like, it's not going to happen. Like, there's no way we're going to get this episode pr- produced by Christmas. And even if we do, we're just going to be scrambling the entire season, which is exactly what we're, we were trying to avoid because that's what we did in season one and everybody got burnt out and it was a bummer. So I, around December 11th, <laughs> I was, I was walking out of work. And I just had this idea at work and I was walking out of work and I, I texted Nick and Cassandra in a group text and I said, hey, what would you think about scrapping everything that we've done and just busting out a really fun, quick Christmas special? And they were both like, I mean, sure, but it's December 11th. <laughs> And I was like, and I was like, let's talk about it. And then I think, I think after that, we got on the call. I think we broke the whole thing on the call, exactly what it would be. Nice. I wrote the outline, sent the, sent them each a section and we all jammed on this thing. And I think we got it to everybody five days later. Something like that. (laughs) Yeah. I think we, I think we broke it and wrote it and got it to the actors within five or six days, less than a week. Because I think, um, I think you like you texted me, and then we like chatted on the phone, and yeah. then the next oh, day right. we were like, okay, we're gonna break this, and like we spent like I don't know three or four hours like talking about it, and then mm-hmm. I know I sent you like my draft, like because I was just like frazzled. I was like, okay, I can't look <laughs> at this anymore. Here you go. Like like twenty four hours later, it was like, in yeah. your mailbox. So yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I remember the whole thing. We were done with it within like within with, with under a week. We were done with the whole draft and sent it to the actors. The actors, thankfully, all stepped up. The entire cast did amazing work, stepped mm-hmm. up and uh, 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 just like turned in their stuff within within a week as well. <laughs> I mean, I think most of them within 24 hours. And then I edited the episode like a dog like a madman like a madman i was i was staying with nick at the time Mm -hmm. um because i just moved out here so i didn't have a place yet and i was staying with nick and uh i just was like hunched over my laptop Mm -hmm. any moment that i wasn't at work uh and then my my other roommate and i watching him from the kitchen yeah (laughs) yeah yeah that boy sure is an etnan fool and then i got it i got it finished um on like Christmas Day at like 4 a.m. Pacific time and published it immediately. Um, so, yeah, 
That's how this one came together. <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's it's definitely one of the, the more fun, brighter episodes. But I think part of the reason for that is that it feels like there's a little more improvisation in this episode. Mm. Um, I don't know if it's just because you guys got really good takes or if, you know, you just wanted to fit that in a little more. I think it's a combination of things. I mm-hmm. think, I think we were all just this had such the feeling of like a like a, a like a show getting scrambled together, mm-hmm. you know, like a like a Muppet Mickey Rooney Judy Garland <laughs> type thing. You yeah, know? yeah. It was just coming from such a playful place, and this was at a point now where I think all three of us were just very comfortable with these characters, mm-hmm. and also the actors were comfortable with these characters, mm-hmm. and so there's multiple mm-hmm. takes in these. Or there's multiple instances in this episode where we we keep flubs. Yeah, uh, we if, Chelsea especially had a bunch of flubs, and I used the flubs because she wasn't getting wacky enough in her regular takes, and I needed her to get like like just like, like really delirious. punch drunk. Yeah, yeah, punch drunk, delirious, and she wasn't getting there. So I just found flubs and used those because it made her sound crazier than her uh, actual like real takes. So, yeah, yeah. And it, and it, it made sense because it was like she's losing her grip on, <laughs> yeah. on everything, on everything. <laughs> yeah. The the yeah. bowl in the shape of the Triwizard Tournament is one of my favorite bloopers that, that uh-huh. made it in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it made um, me laugh. And so I was like, well, that's going in. <laughs> um, but also in this episode, there's uh, three characters who are really starting to come to the forefront, or at least evolve, you know, between Joel and Gretchen and this kind of new situation for Max. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you approach uh, developing a character? Is it that like you feel like, you know, Joel well enough that you can give him a bigger role or do you have any exercises or something involved with bringing somebody into a more starring role? It's, it's again, it's usually kind of a cocktail of things where in the instance of Joel, we were so excited by what Zach was giving us that it fed us wanting to go deeper and deeper into him being like this crazy ultimate survivor <laughs> optimist yeah. Yeah. that can just handle his life getting pounded for like an entire year and just keep on ticking. And, and so, yeah, it, it, it and kind of a similar thing happens with, uh, with the ire where we just, the actors and the acting and the writing kind of feed each other mm-hmm. and we keep wanting to go deeper and explore the characters. And I think, we, we start seeing that definitely with Max in mm-hmm. this one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, with Joel, it's, uh, yeah. I mean, just Zach is so good. I mean, this, this episode has one of my favorite line readings for, for Joel in this episode where, uh, he suggests that they go full Kevin McAllister and, and Lorelai says, that's pure dead brilliant. And he goes, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's so like genuinely happy that someone would call him brilliant. <laughs> oh, it's uh, the best. There's a moment where he's like all the time, like party all day, all the time, party time. Excellent. Excellent. What are yeah. we talking about? <laughs> yeah. And, and I remember thinking he said it the way that it, I wrote it. Uh-huh. Because I also was like, "What did I just write?" Yeah, but then I, <laughs> but then I kept it. Uh, yeah, oh cool, it worked. We were all in a fugue state during this <laughs> this episode. Um, uh, it's, but yeah, yeah, it's transitioning. I mean, like, uh, there's the line at the beginning where uh, Gibson is talking, and Joel's like, "What's this guy's name again? He sucks." 
Yeah. Was that improvised? I don't remember. I think that might be a Zach original. Yeah, that might be. I think that's Zach because I think we wrote in the script something like everybody yells at Gibson, and then I think that I think I think Zach just like improv that line, which is just so freaking funny. Oh my god. (laughs) Yeah, the dynamics are really great. Yeah. Um, Is this something that we can expect going forward in season two with uh, Joel and Gretchen playing? bigger roles as like underdog level roles uh i think i think it's safe to say that all well at least two of those for sure are getting um character centric episodes in season two um i'm not gonna say which two and it's possible that it's all three but we're not done totally breaking the season yet um yeah yeah, but definitely two. We I, know for sure. Yeah, and yeah. and and I'd say that this is kind of the crew that we're rolling with going into season mm-hmm. two, mm-hmm. and it, we and that sort of is like the non it Christmas reason yeah. of us doing this is it kind of serves as an effective seed into season two to kind of place yeah. everyone emotionally because we don't. Yeah, this is kind of where everyone's at, and then season two starts to happen. Right, and and yeah, I'd say um, I, I'd say even more than. You would probably think. I was, yeah, I was hmm. going to say, if, if our listeners are interested, I would recommend maybe like one or two episodes into season two, go back and listen to this one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it might be, there might be a new context to stuff that would be really fun. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was listening to this myself and being like, oh, wow. It's like we knew what we were doing. Uh-huh. <laughs> this is cool. <laughs> uh, Cass, what do you remember about like going into, I guess, breaking the Hanukkah story? Because that's that's the one that you took point on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it was really important for me to give Gretchen something to do because she had spent all season like locked in a bunker, basically. Um, mm-hmm. And it was also really important to me. I'm not Jewish. Um, so I went on my Twitter and I was like, Jewish friends, please tell me your favorite Hanukkah, like traditions or <laughs> memories or something. I'm going to use them in a, something I'm writing. Um, so I had quite a few people were just like, oh yeah, no, like my family does this and this and this. So I like pulled from that and I really wanted that to inform like what I was working on. Um, so like learning about the holiday was really fun. Uh, and getting to make dumb jokes about Harry Potter was really fun. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, uh, I, cause we'd spent all season one, like learning who all the other underdogs were. And I was like, okay, I want to kind of dive into who like Gretchen is or like what makes her tick, pardon the pun. Um, but cause we had, we'd just done that with, with her actual episode, but I wanted like to give her a little more time. Well, I just want her to have like a a normal adventure, like not one that's, you know, wrapping up the whole season, like more, more of just like, this is what like a Gretchen adventure is like. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I am, I am a perfectionist and I like hosting, which sucks because like this year I haven't been able to make food for anybody. Um, (laughs) So like, I was like, okay, so me around the holidays is like stupid manic. Like, what would I do if I had time travel powers and I would just... I don't know, make sure everything went off perfect. So mm-hmm. it just kind of made sense to me in my brain. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm, I really love that bit of it. The whole, this whole project kind of reminds me a lot of, uh, I'm a fan of those like YA Christmas anthologies that they put out, hmm. like let it snow. And I don't know, this is a real comfort food to me. Mm-hmm. And this has the real, that kind of chill, like low stakes Christmas holiday adventure kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. 
yeah, I definitely, I definitely, you know, like Rian is Jewish and been playing Gwen for so long that, you know, I wanted to make sure that they had a stake in this, mm-hmm. I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to make sure that, uh, that, that this wasn't just Christmas. Uh, hmm. and yep. so, um, it was important for me to make sure that they were able to do that. And I remember, I don't remember, I think, I think what happened was like, we had written the script using the, uh, the lighting of the candles as like the transition and Rian reached out to me and was like, so I love this. Would you want me to read like, the prayer that we do when we light the candles. And I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, cause we have no idea what that is. So mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely do yeah. it. And, and so they, they recorded um, themselves doing that. And that's what we, that's what we placed in because um, we thought it was important to, you know, with none of us being, none of us sort of behind the scenes um, or at least on, on writing this being, not being Jewish. Um, we wanted to make sure that we got it as um, I guess as close to accurate as we could. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, without having someone directly involved who was Jewish. Um, luckily, we have Rhea Rian. And this was also kind of, now that I'm thinking about it, the show where I think the trio, the three of us really kind of learned our rhythm together. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Um, because cause now, that I'm, now that I'm remembering what writing this one was like, I'm now remembering how we've been doing season two. Mm-hmm. And I think we were able to hit the ground running with this back in spring because of the holiday special. Mm-hmm. And, That's interesting. I think so. and Scott's yeah. really good at knowing when to pass the ball to Cass and when the past, you know what I mean? Love like, Oh, like he's like, this is, this is, this, the Cass's brain is so much better at this than mine. Or like, mm-hmm. I'm like, Oh, I don't have to worry about this. Cause I know Scott and Cass will handle this. Mm-hmm. Or, and we kind of, I don't know. This is when we kind of learned to lean on each other and like use each other's gifts in a way. And it mm-hmm. was, this is a really fun one to put together. Yeah. yeah. Cause um, Scott wrote the Gibson one. And then Nick had the overachievers one, or was it the other way around? I think that's right. Okay. No, no, no. I think that's I think right. it's it. Yeah, yeah. Because the then, overachievers then, are your baby, Nick. Like <laughs> <laughs> that's where I learned that they were his yeah. baby. I, I didn't know how much they. Yeah, I, I remember getting. He was like writing that, and he would just come out of his room, and he would just have this look on his face, like <laughs> I'm falling in love with some new characters, uh-huh. Scott. <laughs> like he just, like it just tell that he just really loved writing those guys. She just wants to go to the bathroom. <laughs> God, that was so good. This is a really good. That bit. was so good. Am I supposed to wear it or pee on it? <laughs> Your choice. That was so funny, Nick. <laughs> you know, after uh, um after thirty episodes in the first season, because I mean it. You know, I listened to them as they were coming out, but I now that I've finished re-listening and doing all these after shows, I realize there's a lot of content in thirty episodes. Yeah. Um, you know, and it sounds like you're you're getting more in tune with your your writers and, and fellow executive producers and things like that. But is there anything else that you feel like has gotten a lot easier or that you've gotten better at in um, that you know you're kind of leveraging in season two? I don't know. I would leave that to to these guys because I'm not sure. Uh, I definitely feel more comfortable um, with these two as like writing partners because like. I don't know. It's mm-hmm. it's hard to explain. Like before, I think I felt a little like third wheelie. Um, mm. um, Ridiculous. I, you know, anxiety brain. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but now, like with with season two, like I feel a lot more comfortable being like, okay, so I don't really know how this is going to go. Like, can you like walk me through this or like handle it or or, or something like that? Um, sure. But. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I like it's. I don't know. What, what do you think, Nick? I, well, you, yeah. It just, I don't know. It, it's, it's. I think I've gotten uh, writing the characters, especially when it's just like the underdogs, mm-hmm. is such a pleasure for me, mm-hmm. and it's so fun to just and like I know the characters so well at this point that we're able to get moving a lot faster mm-hmm. through the really kind of dense plot stuff that we have in season two. And I think we're able to do it with ease or have it feel more palatable because like the, the character stuff is so secondhand to us at this point Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. of like, how would Mindy react to this? How Mm -hmm. would Gibson react to this? What if Gwen's not in the room? Then how are they like, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think I'm, I'm better at figuring out when an episode isn't working earlier (laughs) in the process. Um, you know, it used to be that like we would have written like a draft and then I go to rewrite it and I'm like, I don't think this is working. I don't think this is it. And then we would have to like start over. Um, and I, I think I'm now more attuned to the show that I want the show to be. And so hmm. I'm able to like figure that out early on while we're breaking it to be like, this isn't Geek by Night. Like, it, you know, it's just it, you start to realize it because I mean, the process has tended to be it's been a little different in season two because we're not always uh available together a lot so it's been a lot of me breaking stuff with nick and then getting on a call and breaking stuff with Cass separately mm-hmm. and just sort of like bopping back and forth between the two of them um but uh it's i i think you i just start to like see where the problems are and i i'm able to like hone in on those and say like, okay, I think this is what the problem is. How can we fix this problem? And then we we talk through it and we we get out of the mud a lot faster, I think, now than we did before. Yeah, there's we're able to work smarter mm-hmm. and kind of use like yeah, just be more effective and kind of see a problem mm-hmm. early on before yeah, like Scott said before driving in it. Yeah, hmm. yeah. Um, this is also the first episode, if I'm not mistaken, that uh, Cass is officially an executive producer yeah. on the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, you were did something really yeah. interesting to me while we were working on season two stuff a yeah. few days ago where you were like, uh, Cass is really good at intuitively knowing when something isn't working mm. or isn't worth going down or like, yeah, no, that doesn't work. Whereas I'm kind of, I've, I'm like, yes, I'm like an improviser. I've been trained that way where there isn't a bad idea. Right. Hmm. And so I'll like chase any ball that you throw. <laughs> right. But. Cass is much better at being like, no, that's that's stupid. Yeah, no, she shuts that shit down real fast. <laughs> um, I don't know. Yes. Like, okay. Yeah, no, but in a good way. In a good way. Because okay. because I don't I don't I don't get that from Nick because Nick's whole thing is like super supportive. Super yes enabling. and yes and yeah. And, yeah, and like enabler. Yeah, he's definitely <laughs> enabler. Well, and it's not just that, it's yeah. just like we, we we start talking down roads of like multiple roads and we're going down all these roads. And then I can come to you and be like, So these are all the roads we walk down, and you're like, that road's dumb i don't like the looks of that road <laughs> this one might be okay maybe if we take this road and that road and combine them and i'm like oh yeah and like that's how it works i, don't I know. know i know that you like gauge so like stuff if i'm like super super excited about something you're like okay that's the right yeah. one so <laughs> yep that's true that's if true. i'm just like um i don't really know you're just like okay well it's stupid Uh-oh. uh oh all right <laughs> yeah <laughs> Go ahead and shoot that dog. Aww. That's not it. <laughs> yeah. So uh, looking back at the the 30 episodes of season one, um, you know, because I, I kind of want to uh, retrospect on on the season as a whole now that this is the last um, 
this this is the last before season two. Yeah. Um, what would you do differently going back? I mean, it sounds like, you know, a lot of what we talked about is like finding the characters and finding the show along the way. Um, and obviously, like, we all wish there would have been 100 episodes instead of 30 or something like that. But um, if you could go back and, and reboot it <laughs> again or, um, you know, George Lucas it and, and fix things up, um, what would you change? I think it would have been I, – I remember thinking while I was listening to this one again today that it just would have been nice to have been able to pay everyone for their work. Yeah, for sure. Uh, that was one of our major goals. And, you know, maybe if we get enough listeners and we get enough support on the Patreon, we can, like, pay every actor and and Tofty and, and everyone that works so hard on the show post and, mm-hmm. you know, at least just something to show that we appreciate. And, like – and so – it's it's kept us from getting to like oh the show's not coming out because like it's moving at the only way that it can which right. is through everyone's free time right and so yeah if if like I remember there's moments listening to this one where it's just so like boom 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 that I'm like oh this would have been really fun to get to like make professionally and pay everybody yeah for sure and have it not come out so irregularly but I'm very proud of the work that we did yeah mm-hmm. um I I agree with everything he said I also think structurally I. If I could do it all over again, I would rewrite everything and uh, make it them single episodes. Um, I, I definitely hmm. would have found a way for the underdogs to get their powers in, in within the first thirty minutes. Um, hmm. I think that's that would be the main thing I would I would focus on changing. Uh, is that I don't. In retrospect, I really don't like the feature length stories, um, and I wish we had. Only I, I I wish we had stuck to like shorter burst episodes. Um, like I don't like that a lot of these episodes have four parts. I just think I, I mean you know most of them have four parts. Mm-hmm. I it 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 really um, in retrospect really bothers me because I think it looks more daunting than it should and um, intimidating. And uh, I I wish I guess I wish I had. I mean, I just didn't know. Like, I didn't know yeah. what people wanted and what would work the best. And I was basing a lot of this on, like, what Big Finish did with Doctor Who. And so, like, I was like, oh, they do four-part stories. Their hmm. stories are feature length. Um, but people also buy those. They don't listen to them for free as podcasts. And um, so they have a whole different and, – and it's Doctor Who, which is, like, you know, an IP and a totally different mm-hmm. thing. Um and so, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, we just did the four part thing because we were like, it was kind of out of ignorance. And I think, I think Nick was just sort of like following my lead on that structural plan. I don't know. Yeah, but, but in retrospect, <laughs> I that, would say, in, I, in retrospect, I would, I, I, that's, that would be the thing that I would fix is I would try to tell those same stories, um, over the course of like smaller adventures, I think. Yeah. So, yeah. What about so you, I'm Cass? Assuming, oh, yeah. I what would you change? Don't know. Um, You're an executive producer now. It's oh, okay. it's fine. You can say whatever you want. <laughs> or even like from a character story place, like you know, yeah. like knowing now what you know then, whatever. Yeah. Without any season two spoilers. Um, I would make you change all of the freaking um characters that start with the letter G. Because that's a ah, nightmare. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh my god! I just wrote a scene where they when, are the like, only Gretchen people in the scene. Gibson and Gwen, oh yeah. my gosh! It's just, it's just a that. scene. It's just yeah. a scene between Gibson, Gwen, and Gretchen, and uh-huh. I'm like, this is a nightmare. Why did I do this? It's I hate me this. crazy. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's a rule. I mean, like, think about it. There's been no G's since then. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. It's the first rule we have. Yeah. <laughs> God, that was I think that's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Completely agree. So it's it's sounding like season two is going to be a little more streamlined. Um, you know, mm-hmm. you, you've said multiple times that you, you're kind of more comfortable with the characters and that season two is pretty plot heavy. Um, is that true? I wouldn't say it's plot heavy. I, I would okay. say it's got I, a lot to do. I would say we are we are taking what our original intention was for the end of season one before season one um, ended up having to wrap up the way that it did. Mm hmm. Uh, uh, we're taking our original story for that, and we are taking all of the plot-heavy stuff from that, and we're stretching it out over the course of ten regular episodes of Geek by Night. So, like, yeah. each episode has a point, has its own story, its own point, and it's just the plot stuff has been went has gone from a super like I think it was going to be a six-part finale mm-hmm. uh, yeah. of all plot. And we've we've basically stretched it out and 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 turned it into a ten part sort of like season of the show with like each individual episode having its own story to tell. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, basically, right? Yeah, that's, that's yeah, kind of what yeah, we've yeah. done. Mm-hmm. Plus, plus, there's like a there's like an epilogue thing at the end that is going to oh. be like the way the show whole the the whole show is going to wrap. Up. How they all died? Yeah, right. How they all died? <laughs> <laughs> they, they all they all met each other in purgatory. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, they're like kind of they're just 10 epic stories in a row. Mm. I'm, I mean, like I've been very proud of each of them. And every time we're done with one, I've been like, oh, wow, this one. It, it, it's like it's a, like a roller coaster. And we've just been where we just finished the last part of the roller coaster before it starts to drop. Right. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um so yeah, I'm I'm really uh, I'm just really excited about season two. I think season two is going to be great. Yeah, yeah. The work Cass has been doing has been so great. Oh, thank you. About that. Thank yeah. you. God, I'm so proud of those pages, you guys. Oh man, oh man. She wrote an episode this season that is just. If you thought her work in Ghost Story was good, thank you. Oh, I love Ghost Stories. So just yeah. just you wait. <laughs> I would say that's a good companion. But yeah, it's it's also like a very emotional character episode. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm I'm in my early 30s. Part of the reason why I really like this show is you know, a lot of characters are kind of in the same uh, life stage as I am. Um, mm-hmm. And like celebrating holidays with friends instead of family is a big part of that. That's something I'm still getting used to, moving away from my home state and stuff like that. Um, but that was kind of a running theme throughout season one. It's just kind of like those, those changes you go through. Um, is season two going to continue exploring this theme or do you feel like there's, there's new ideas that... Um, you might get into now that the show is a couple years old and you're all a couple years older. <laughs> Cass, what do you think? Um, I think it's still exploring those themes, but like, um, I don't know. I, like, I think it's like going deeper. Season yeah. season okay. one is like, is like late twenties to me. Cause mm-hmm. I was just in my late twenties when I was writing it. And then like, this is more like, early 30s like oh my god i'm actually an adult like what am i going to do with myself (laughs) sort of thing yeah but yeah it's yeah it's like the underdogs looking at their lives in ways that they haven't before and like asking themselves questions yeah and Mm -hmm. i think we're really we're finding all these surprising things about the characters by like kind of giving them these these crazy challenges that happen this season yeah 
if there's a theme to season two, it's the sort of feeling that you get when you're in your thirties of like, is this it? Hmm. Is this, is this what my life is? Like, is this what I'm doing? Mm-hmm. Um, and sort of reckoning with those questions and, and the feelings that are brought up with that question. Um, the, the thing where you just realize like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm almost, you know, I'm almost 15 years out of, out of graduating high school. I've been an adult almost as long as I was a kid. What am I doing? What is this? Yep. Uh, and, and those, those feelings I, I are certainly resonating with me. Um, I think it's sort of this new, um, midlife crisis that doesn't really have a name yet because it's not midlife but i think it is a crisis it's like an existential crisis that i think a lot of people in their 30s are having a lot of millennials in their 30s where they're nowhere near where their parents were when their parents Mm -hmm. were their age there's no roads to get there um where their parents were and uh just sort of like looking around and really trying to think like like am i is this what I'm doing with the rest of my life or am I just doing this because I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop hmm. and like, why hasn't it dropped yet? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that. those, yeah. <laughs> and so, and so those, those, that, those are a lot of the, the sort of like themes and emotions and feelings that we're, we're playing with in season two. And it's really fun. We're getting to use all of these ideas that we've had in the toy chest that we were going to like parse out through the course of however long we thought the show was going to last. Mm-hmm. And now we just get to like empty the toy box. Mm-hmm. And mm. that's been really, really fun to craft and to write. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. One of our, one of our goals with this season, like one of the first things that I did when I, when I brought everybody together, I think for the first time to like break the season was basically like, we made a list of like stuff that we've always wanted to see <laughs> on the show. Like what, what have we, what have we always wanted to do on the show? And we just like sort of made like a fun list and we've been like steadily trying to like check every box on our way out the door. Um, <laughs> that's great. And uh, so that's, that's a big part of like our goals in season two as well is, you know, as much as we want to give, we want to make an ending that everyone listening to the show, everyone who's been listening to the show for as long as they've been listening to it, um, as long, you know, as much as we want to give them what they want and what they're hoping for from a final season of this show, we are fans of the show and we want yeah. certain things. And so, um, yeah, we we had that checklist and and we've just been sort of going down the checklist and marking things off. Um, and it's been really satisfying as we've gone along to see that all of those that list of things that we had, none of them have feel felt forced yet. Hmm. Like all of them have just like we've made all of them work exactly the way we want like exactly the way they fit into the plot is has been just perfect and it's uh uh it's so sad immensely satisfying as a storyteller and um i i i just have like i i've just been loving working with these two knuckleheads it's been <laughs> it's been so great um and uh just i can't wait for you guys to hear it to, to hear it all yeah mm-hmm. So uh, one last question for me here. Uh, there are two characters that are absent from the episode, but we have to assume that they're off scheming somewhere. Uh, how soon until we find out what Charlotte Swift and Dr. Medina are up to? Episode one. Yep. Episode one really? of season two. Uh-huh. Yep. Awesome. Very cool. <laughs> yep. Yep. All right. 
God um, knows what they were doing on Christmas, but we will we will be seeing what they <laughs> right. just getting drunk and glaring at each other. I imagine <laughs> brooding, oh, right? Yeah, like petting white wild. cats in a very tall back chair. <laughs> oh yeah, sounds intense. <laughs> Any other uh, thoughts or stories you want to share um, about holiday special? Uh, no, just really hats off to the cast. Everyone is just yeah. at the top of their yes. game in this episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I did. I did forget to mention one thing, which is the music. Um, granted, there's a couple of needle drops in this because, like, I just couldn't imagine a Christmas special without some needle drops. <laughs> but as a child uh, of the OC, as a child of the OC, exactly, uh, <laughs> owning all four Christmas uh, uh, albums. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I, uh, the, the actual like underdog music, um, Tofty had no time to score this at all. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I, I don't, I don't have any of my stuff. Like, I don't, I can't, I'm at my parents. I can turn. You always in, do this to me. Yeah. You always do this to me. <laughs> I can turn in my lines, but like, that's the best I can do. And then I thought about it and I was like, can I ask you one thing and see if you can do it for me and he was like okay and i was like can you take if i give you existing score pieces that i'm going to place into the episode would you remix them and just add jingle bells to them (laughs) and he was like oh yeah i can do that and i was like just do that and so he did and i used that in the in the episode so it's just his regular score and then he just recorded himself playing some jingle bells to add to it that's so funny yeah, I awesome. want to have noticed. I have to go back yeah, and listen. No, now, it cause... works great. It works so good. <laughs> yeah, it works perfectly. Um, but yeah, so so I I so he he added the jingle bells and then just gave me the pieces and then I I actually went through in my edit and scored it with those. Um, but uh, yeah, it was uh, man, turning this episode around was crazy. I can't believe we did it, but we did it. So it, did it come out on Christmas Day? So mm-hmm. between yes, December yes, 11th for, and 25th, I, I, oh my I gosh. hit publish at 4 a.m. Christmas <laughs> Day, um, Pacific time. And then I woke up and had to go to work, I think like four hours later. <laughs> uh, and then I worked all day. And then uh, after work, I met some friends for drinks and I got more drunk than I think I've ever been in my entire <laughs> life. Uh, I was I, I I I was I was laid up on the couch the next day um, because I've never had a hangover like that ever in my wow. life. Uh, but you know I was celebrating. <laughs> Merry Christmas! Oh, I love it. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I want to say thank you again to our guests uh, Scott, Nick, and Cass for joining yeah. me today, and thank, thank you. you to all of you, the fans, the underdogs, for listening today. If you'd like to support the show, as always, please join the Dueling Genre Patreon at duelinggenre.com support. You'll also get access to classic Geek by Night episodes, scripts and other behind-the-scenes materials, and exclusive episodes from Dueling Genre's best shows. You can also tell your friends, families, and followers to subscribe to Geek by Night on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you're listening to this right now. And stay tuned for the next episode, the Season 2 premiere on October 4th. I cannot wait to hear the season two episodes. I'm sure we'll have a lot to talk about during the after shows, which we will be releasing following each episode from now on. Thank you for going beyond geek by night with us. Have a super day and happy holidays. (laughs) 